0: you it's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew.
1: Welcome. Hello, 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 beautiful people. And we're back. It's <laughs> we been some time. We are back. How long has it been? It's been just under seven months.
0: So we, we've been a little busy, you know. A this, little hiatus. A little, a little busy, you mm-hmm. know, creating another baby. Baby number six is here. She's
1: here. She is
0: here. We'll tell you all <laughs> about that because that was a journey. Baby number six, the last baby, the last dance. Mm -hmm. And Look look at mama. Mama looks like she didn't even have a baby. I think she's probably in that 1% that had a baby that actually lost weight. Something like that. Something like that. We'll we'll break down the baby and and the choice (laughs) of names and Everything that went through with that. I mean, I wanted Kingston, but we went. Well, we'll tell you all about that. Yes. And something else that we want to announce right here today yes. is our book.
1: Yes. It is finally done and we couldn't be more excited to share it with you.
0: That's right. It took us how long to write this book?
1: Um, two years. The entire pandemic, we... We're writing this book together. That's
0: right. And you could yeah. pre-order it right now. Yes. Right now, you can click the link in Gears bio or my bio, or you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's, it's up on Barnes & Noble? Yes. Up, up, up right you now. checked? Yeah, the picture's
1: there. Oh, okay. So you can pre-order our book.
0: That's right. Pre-order yes. it right now. And then mm-hmm. when you do pre-order, just take a picture and... Tag us, because we would love to repost you guys. Yeah, you
1: with your laptop, you with right. your phone placing an order, and we'll share it in our stories. That's
0: right. We would yeah. definitely share. So please yes. do. What's the name of the book?
1: The name of the book is Real Life, Real Love, Life Lessons on Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together.
0: Now, this, bu- this book, we break down everything from everything. the beginning when we first met uh, the, the, the trials, the tribulations, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the joyous things, the things that will make you cry. But it's all real. Uh, yes. And we wanted to deep, like to dive deep into our relationship and to figure out why, you know, why was I insecure so early on? Uh, why does gear take 15 hours to get ready? That's a joke. But that is that,
1: not in the book.
0: That's not, that's not in the mm-hmm. book. But we talk about everything. So how was writing the book for you?
1: It was, um, I mean, you use the word a journey, but for me, Tapping into the where's, the why's, the how's, and really figuring out how we came to be who we are today, dissecting our entire relationship Mm -hmm. from the very beginning. It was a soul search. Yeah. It was a soul search. And I have to say, the book is very, very raw. Very raw. It is the complete, unadulterated truth, which is what you guys are used to getting from us with mm-hmm. this podcast. But in the book, we have the opportunity, we have the liberty to delve so much deeper because here you only get, it, get us for an hour if I have my way, if he has his way, 40 minutes. <laughs>
0: minutes.
1: So, you know, we talk about as much as we can in the given time and we talk about what's going on that week and whatnot. But in this book, we go back to the day that we met right? and you get to see how everything unfolded. And as you guys know, everything hasn't always been pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so to unpack that and to pick that all apart, And to explain to you all of the wrong turns and the things that did go wrong, how they went wrong, and how they went so wrong, that was heavy. Yeah. That was heavy. And it took a lot of talking. Mm -hmm. And you guys know, anytime someone sends a question, they ask Rashawn. you know, how would you handle this? Or what's your advice? What's your take? And what does he say? gotta communicate. Mm-hmm. And I've joked him on this podcast so many times saying, what are you going to tell them? Communicate? Well, guess what? We had to communicate mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy for me. It was a lot easier, but for Rashawn to go back to bad times and revisit things that weren't pleasant, I have to say was very, very difficult Yeah. to absolutely. even bring it up and talk about, um, Furthermore, to pick it apart and for me to feel like I'm halfway even interviewing him to say, well, why do you think you felt that way? All right. Yeah, you gave me that answer, but I don't feel like you went deep enough. I need you to really think about it. Well, I mean, that's my answer. Sometimes we got into arguments Mm -hmm. writing the book because I felt like going deeper might've been too painful for him. Um, I would say, all right, well sleep on it. Let's talk about it in the morning or let's talk about it in two days. And then we'd be in a room for three or four more hours talking and communicating and figuring each other out in such a deeper way than what we've already been used to. And you've said that this podcast has been therapeutic because- It'll be an email or a DM or something. And then you really have to sit and think, well, damn, what do I think about that? How do I feel about that? How do I answer that question? How do I give good advice? You know, Mm -hmm. but to turn that around and have to put the arrow on you and then put it down in a written format where the result is beneficial for the reader, because that's the whole thing. That's the only reason that we wrote the book. We wanted to take the sum of all of our experiences and put it down on paper in the sense of community so that our readers have something that feels tangible that they can walk away with. Information that you can apply to your life, your relationship, frames of thought, um, just something that you can use as a reference point from people that went through it. Because I feel like. We've been through everything. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we've been through everything. And I feel at this point right now, we have the ultimate love.
0: Yeah. We have
1: the ultimate love.
0: I would agree. I would agree. And I think the the difficult part for myself was going back. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I'm the type of person. Once something happens to me, I never look back. I always look forward. I never deal with the pain. That's me. And people be like, oh, you hold on to it. No, I really don't hold on to it. No, my, you let it go. My whole thing is, fuck you. Let it go. Keep it moving. I don't let it stress me. Now, there's some things I want my revenge. That's just me. I'm just a vengeful person. But in our relationship, things that I did when I was going through it, you went through it. You laughed or you cried, and then you let it go and kept it moving. But now I got to go back and really think about it, because back then when I was 22 or 25 or 28 or 30, I didn't necessarily have the capacity to even think about it. It was like, babe, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Or babe, I'm insecure. I'm sorry. But now you have to dig deep to say why. And is a talker. Yeah, if, like, you, if you
1: don't already know. Yeah, no.
0: Gia's a, commu- <laughs> Gia's a communicator. Like four or five hours communicator. Yeah. I'm not that. We got to get to the meat and potatoes. Not me. I'm 20 minutes. I just want my appetizer, dessert, and I'm out. That's I'm me. I'm sorry. Gia wants what everything. What can I buy you yeah. to make you feel better? That's, that's, that's me. That's him. That's me. Why? That's him. Because I have so much to do. I can't think about, but why the fuck you mad? Like I, I can't think that. I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. I fucked up. You know I love you. I got to go to work in the morning. Bye, baby. Bye, babe. That's the way. But I had to we had to go deep into my insecurities, why I was insecure, why I treated you like that. It wasn't you. It was me. Why? And and I don't want to give too much about the book, but we dove deep into it as a couple and things that I did wrong. And then she breaks down things that she did wrong, things we did wrong together. And it really helped us heal on a lot. I'm not going to lie that the book, we argued a lot during the book because it brought those emotions back up, you know, and. It was difficult. We went from us first meeting to us dating in high school to going to college. We talk about uh, even Gia's uh, getting cut in the face. We even have the picture, right? You put the picture in the book. You, you can even see that yeah. picture of Gia's face open. And it's funny, the book company didn't want to put it in the book, but they said maybe it might be too graphic, but I'm like- the publisher. the publisher. But I was like, this is our life. Like this really happened. We didn't make that up. Like she was really, what, 16? 15. 15 years old and somebody slashed her face and her face was wide open. So we put that in there. We also put pictures so you can see our family of of Gia's dad and Gia's mom and you know Gia as a young child and me as a young child. Things that you don't see on on Instagram. Things that we had to call Mama and and go through the you know shoeboxes looking for pictures. So it's it's pretty cool. Scan
1: them right into the book. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. well,
0: we we talk about all that. We talk about forgiveness and and what that means. We talk about um, of course when when I cheated and and how we got through that and how we. You know, talk about that and and even to Rashid and Tyrese and the part that they played and of course, God and how we got closer to God during our relationship. And That's why, a
1: big part of the book.
0: Yeah. So we talk about a lot in the book and hopefully- How
1: spirituality changed our lives. Absolutely. And changed our marriage and just changed us as human beings mm-hmm. altogether.
0: Yeah. And, and we also discuss uh, things and ways to try to keep our relationship tighter, and the reason we wrote this book, we didn't even say this, the reason we wrote the book is because so many people come to us and say, hey, you guys have been together 27 years. You've been married 20 years. How? How'd you do it? I'm going through this problem with my lady or my girl or my man or my husband. How, how, how do I deal with it? So we wrote this book to kind of show you what we did. Not to tell you what to do, but show you what we did, what worked for us. Right. So hopefully that Something can help you, you and guide from. you. Something
1: mm-hmm. for you to draw from. Just like they say, there's no testimony without the test. Mm-hmm. So it was very important for us to share everything. Mm-hmm. And when you read the book, you'll be well aware that there was no breaks. Mm-hmm. There was no breaks. There was no slowing down. None. Everything is just very open, very honest. I mean, listen... As the book writing process is, you know, you write a section and then you write another section and, you know, you come out, come up with a format and outline and you decide everything that you want to address. Mm-hmm. So as you go through this process, you know, there are things that make the chopping block, the things that don't make the chopping block. Um, sometimes you even overwrite and you want to trim the fat and whatnot. So we have people that, you know, we would give samples to, to read And so many people ask questions like, Are you sure you want to share all that? You sure you want to put that out for public consumption? You sure you want to go that deep? You sure you want to be completely honest about that situation? And at every turn, it was yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because without the honesty, without the complete truth, without every thought that ran through our brains on every topic, mm-hmm. the book would be worthless. It'd be worthless. It would just be another book, you know, but I have to say, I take a lot of pride um, in this book and this work, um, this journey that we went through to put it out because I feel as though it's not just storytelling. There's stories in there, um, but it's also prescriptive. You know, there are a lot of somewhat tangible things that you can take from it that you can look at and say, wow, I can apply that to my life. There are things that, you know, you'll read that you say like, gosh, I really relate to that and different takes on how to handle things. There's Q&A's where, you know, people have written in and we've taken questions from emails that we didn't share on the podcast that we said, you know, something this is something that we think that our readers might be inquisitive about as well. So let's address these questions in this section, and it'll be my answer, and then it'll also be Rashawn's answer. Sometimes we agree, a lot of times we disagree, or we just have different angles from which we attack a situation, so you get that. Um, it's To me, reading it almost feels kind of um, conversational. And after it was written, I had to read it over and Mm -hmm. over and over and over again for all of the edits. And the more I read it, the more I felt as though there was, um, as though there would be an exchange, like an emotional exchange between the book and the reader. And I think that there is a lot of benefit in that. So. I think it's valuable. I yeah. think it's a valuable piece of work that you guys will enjoy. And if you're a watcher of this podcast, I think that you will absolutely
0: enjoy this book. Yeah, we definitely break down and a lot. it's well written. Yes. <laughs> it is well- it is well uh, written.
1: It's well written. But
0: I, I would I would say this with the book too, and you can pre-order it right now. Today is the day. So pre-order the book, Barnes & Noble's, Amazon, uh, take a picture of yourself pre-ordering it because we would love to repost you guys because we appreciate you guys. They
1: also go to um, Abrams, our publisher. Mm-hmm. We're published by Abrams, their website. Um, I'm not sure what it's called off the top of my head, yeah. but I'm sure you can Google it and find it.
0: So what we're going to start doing is until the book comes out, we're going to take something from the book and we're gonna break it down and talk about how it affected us, how it helped, how it hurt. Uh, like for instance, we even break down uh, our parents. Yeah. And you know, how they treated us as kids, you know, and how we treated our own children. For example, just quickly, like we are huggers and kisses here in this house. Like, and not just hug ha or kiss. Mm-hmm. Like I hug my daughters. I feel their soul, they feel my soul. Like I want them to know I love them, you know? Um, my parents didn't hug me like that. They, you know, they love me, you know, they hugged me, but it wasn't like that. And I think because of and that- And they didn't do it 38 times a day. And they didn't do it 38 times a day. Yeah. Your mother didn't do it at all. At
1: all. So, you guys know.
0: Yeah, so mm-hmm. with our kids, we hug and love our kids. And My kiss. son right now, I still hug him right now. My daughter, we still hug, we still embrace. We embrace our kids. So these are some of the things that we learned just from being parents, you know. They always say, you know, when your parents do something that, that, when your parents don't do something, it makes you want to do it more. You know, something that you want or that you need it. And I think that's some of the book that we discuss and we talk about as well.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, figuring out why we are who we are as individuals, that's a big part of the soul search. Absolutely. You know, we don't, well, there are certain things that you can chalk up to nature versus nurture. Personality traits that just you're given based on, you know, who you were born to and your genes, right? But a lot of it is nurture Mm -hmm. the things that you go through, the things that you experience, how you are parented, the people that you grew up around, where you drew your influences from, Mm -hmm. um, things you succumbed to, things that you overcame. All of these things really pour into the adult that you become. And you know, as you're growing, the child, the teenager, the young adult, and then ultimately the adult that you become. So, you know, going back and figuring out and having these discussions yet again about why are we the way that we are? I mean, writing this book brought us so much closer because it may have been things that I've known about you mm-hmm. and things that I've had my own opinions on about you, but to sit down and talk to you about it where you can't run away because we got a deadline and we have to put send this text in and you have to sit down and talk to me about, you know, things that you might be too sleepy, too busy, too overwhelmed in other areas of your life to focus on. That was w- for me, it was wonderful because you think that you're with someone for 27 years and you know everything and to get like a little nugget, another little dose of information or to learn something about somebody after all of that time. I mean, I thought that that was part of, like you said, the journey. It's like, wow, okay. I never really looked at it that way. So I think that it'll probably encourage you to do the same thing.
0: Yeah. And Um, and hopefully, hopefully it does. (laughs) Um question for myself, and I think everybody knows that the hardest thing to read and talk about in the book was you getting slashed, right? Mm-hmm. Every time I hear that story, I, I tear up. What was the most difficult part for you in the book to talk about?
1: Honestly, mm-hmm. nothing.
0: Nothing? Not even your mom or the new baby?
1: Um with my mother? Okay. Yeah, that, in the book, I shared um, the obituary that I wrote um, for my mom, um, and I kind of fused it with the speech that I gave at her funeral, mm-hmm. and um, that was called, in the book, The Dedication. So, that was heart-wrenching. Mm-hmm. But in the sense of sharing, nothing was difficult for me um, to share because the book was a choice. Like we chose to write this book. We didn't have to write this book. Um, For me, it was like a gift, you know, to the people that follow us and the people that root for us just to see other layers that they don't get to see on this platform and they weren't available to see regardless because there are things that we peeled back that we didn't even see because it was things that, you know, we hadn't discussed. So being that it was a choice, I felt very giving in the sense of what I shared. Right. And even if there was a bit of reservation, I would think to myself that somebody else might be going through this or may have gone through this and this might help them get through. Correct. This might give them a different perspective. This might give them understanding. Mm-hmm. This might let somebody else know you're not the only one right. that has gone through this. You're not the only one that has had these feelings. You're not a weirdo. You're not crazy. And then... Ugh, I I I don't want to talk about too much, but I I do have my favorite parts of the book that were kind of um, prescriptive where I kind of had to sit back with my personality Mm -hmm. and understand why I have certain takes on certain things Mm -hmm. or why I feel so strongly about certain topics. And I had to figure out how can I put it on paper in a way that people really understand where I'm coming from Mm -hmm. and how are people really going to understand why I feel so strongly about this particular topic. And if you're in the situation, this is what I feel like you can do, or this is how you can look at this and this might give you strength. This might carry you through. So those are some of my favorite parts of the book like I said, that aren't like storytelling, but no, everything was easy for me because it was with very specific intention
0: that we wrote this book. Okay. Well, I look forward to you guys getting the book. Uh, the book comes out actually in April. Uh, it was actually supposed to come out for our 20th anniversary. That was the goal. Uh, but because of the pandemic, uh, and everything was, was backed up, we had to push it back a year. So it'll be out around our 21st anniversary. Um, but Please, 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 please pre-order the book. Um, again, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Nobles. You can go to the Abrams uh, website and definitely pre-order it. Take a Snapchat. A snapshot. I say Snapchat. I don't know why I say Snapchat. Snapshot. Tag us. We'd love to repost it. And we just want to say thank you guys so much. The name of the book. What's the name of the book again?
1: It is called Real Life, Real Love. Life Lessons on Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together.
0: All right. Now you see the cover uh, actually Git and I picked out our own outfits for it. Those cool blazers. Um, it was real fun. And even the photo shoot, the photo shoot was great too. Git was pregnant.
1: Yeah. On the cover. I'm actually seven
0: months pregnant, seven months pregnant. Yeah.
1: So two months ago we took that cover shot. Yeah.
0: So it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. So please get the book and uh, share
1: in our excitement. Yes. Right. We're very, very excited. That's right. There's a lot to be excited about.
0: There is. So that was the book. Get the book. Now, also, that's what we've been doing for the last seven months. Also, this little lady over here was pregnant. <laughs> was pregnant. I was six babies. Yes. Now, I'm not going to lie, since we're being honest.
1: Hold on a minute. What? I just know if you're going to say what I think you're going to say. What am I saying? I don't know. Go ahead. What am I saying? Go ahead. What am I saying? No, no, no. no you
0: ahead.
1: tell me. Tell me. What am I say? What am I saying? What am I did sound like
0: that? I wasn't going to say mama say we'll mama say mama mama say 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 anyway what I was going to say and I, I didn't share this with Gia so you know that um, after Brooklyn she's our youngest she's five years old right? she's five years old right?
1: yeah I'm side eyeing Benz because if what comes out of his mouth is what I think is about to come out of his mouth
0: what do you think is going to come out of my mouth? just go ahead so after Brooklyn we wanted another baby we said we're going to have number six right after Brooklyn right? no that's not what what?
1: You see why I had to interrogate him for the book? Because his memory is trash. What? That is not what happened. Did we go through IVF and all that? No, after Brooklyn, no, no, no. Brooklyn was supposed to be our last. Right, but? Then you popped up on a podcast and like blindsided me talking about, I think we should have another baby. Right, right. No, you just said like after Brooklyn, we decided we were going to have no, we no. didn't decide anything. All right. Well,
0: I decided I wanted one more right yes. after Brooklyn, right? Yes. That's what I, that's what I wanted right mm-hmm. after Brooklyn. Yeah. Every baby has a friend, right? <laughs> Madison had uh, Logan, <laughs> London had Jackson, Brooklyn has me, right? <laughs> and no disrespect. I don't want her sleeping next to me anymore. Every night she sleeps next to me. So I came up with the idea live on the podcast. Let's have another one. Gia was like, uh, I talked her into it. Good. So we said we're gonna have another baby, right? Yes. We tried. I shot the club up many times. Nothing. Dang. Right. That, that is what happens. So then we tried. What's it called? <laughs> IVF. What's it called? Yes. What's it called? IVF. In vitro. In vitro. We yes, tried in IVF. vitro. All right. Now you think them them scammers in Brooklyn or something? I think the in vitro scammers. Not are...
1: cool. The lovely people at our fertility clinic, Scammers, they are amazing. And I would recommend them to anybody. It just didn't work for us. All
0: right. 26,000. Well, you don't need to know. Tw- i say it. No, it was much more than that. All right. Whatever it was. We did it twice. It was a lot of bread. Twice. Now, in vitro process is brutal. You got to take shots in your stomach. Shots, not me, she takes shots in the stomach. Shots in the ass, shots in the stomach. Shots in the air, shots in the stomach. Shots in the ass, shots in the stomach. Shots in the ass, shots in the stomach. Shots in the eye. To the point where we're at. To the best with the beatbox. To the the beatbox. To the point where we're at. It's funny we
1: can laugh about it now, right? Yeah. Okay, because we weren't laughing when it was happening. No,
0: we weren't. Okay. So, you know, we're at Powerhouse, which is our huge station concert, and we're in the back room locking the door, and I'm giving a gear a shot in her ass yeah. during the concert where people trying to get like, what the hell y'all doing in there? Yeah. Like we're walking around with the needles, with bags of ice, ice. to keep it cold. Yep. Okay. We went through the whole procedure twice. Twice. Nothing. Nothing. No pregnant. All bad. I'm like, what the fuck? So we got to the point after years and years and years, we were like, you know what? It wasn't meant to be. Right?
1: I mean, there's a lot more to the story, but ultimately, yes.
0: And then a couple times, Gia did get pregnant when we tried, but the babies didn't make it.
1: Right. So I had miscarriages. You guys know.
0: Right. So I thought it was a wrap. So now, uh, you know, I don't even know what we were doing. Gia comes and she was, I know what we were doing.
1: <laughs> I know how no, we were doing I, it. <laughs> I know how it felt.
0: Well, I know what we were
1: doing.
0: <laughs> but, you know, um, Gia came and uh, she says, I haven't got my period. No, first I came in and said my nips were sore. Yeah. And then you said you haven't got your period, which is yeah. Gia's period is like it just is. It's That's a joke. It's kind of like I don't know a dad that doesn't want to see their kid. Sometimes he comes, sometimes <laughs> he doesn't. That's like, the truth, right?
1: Or if it comes, it's light, it's forgettable. Sometimes it's late. It'll be two days. It'll be three days. It's, it's like, not. My. It's not memorable at all. It's like the, like I said. Which it's like good. a dad that which doesn't want to see thing. their
0: kid. sometimes he comes, sometimes he don't. Sometimes he stays long. Sometimes it's a short period of time. You just don't know what Gia's period. So when she said it, I was like, yeah, whatever. Then we went and got a test. Took the EPT test. It came back. She was It was pregnant.
1: actually a clear blue easy.
0: Whatever. <laughs> EPT, clear blue, whatever. Same difference. It says she was pregnant. Uh-huh. We were excited, but not as excited as we yeah. usually would be. And the reason being is because we've been through some, a couple of failures. been down that road. Right? Yeah. So, during the whole process, I'm excited, but I didn't want to put my whole life and effort and energy into and it, heart. And heart, because you I'm like,
1: heart into it. you know,
0: you just never know. So, you know, when we got to the first trimester, which is three months, mm-hmm. that's when it's looked good. And that's when we announced it to y'all. We showed you guys a little cute little picture. But even then, I still wasn't 100 percent my heart there because I'm like, I don't want to put my heart in there. And, you know, it's and then we lose. Em. So what? Listening. Oh. So that's how I felt. So now, you know, three months goes and then four months goes and then five months goes and Gia's belly is not really growing. Not because she's not grown, it's because he is so damn small, but it was the biggest pregnancy we've had.
1: Yeah. Right? By the time, I usually don't pop out until about seven months. So I popped out at seven months. And then by the time we got to eight months, I was like, whoa. Then we got to nine months, I was like, whoa. This is the biggest belly that I've had because up until this pregnancy, my biggest baby, or the biggest pregnancy was Logan, and he was eight pounds two ounces. And this belly, I felt like was bigger than Logan.
0: So let me tell you how I, I don't want to say not serious it was because it was serious, but how light we took it. So when Gia got pregnant, one of the doctors was like, you, you should really be easy this pregnancy. Remember that? Yes. Gia didn't take it easy. We would we were uh running around. This is how crazy Gia is. So me and Ben's got Gia a bike, right? Shout out to Cannondale. Oh. So now Gia is four months pregnant? Five. Five months pregnant. And every time I come in with riding a bike I'm <clears throat> sweating, I'm this, I'm that. And Gia looks at me like I'm full of shit. So we got our bike and she was like if you could do it I could do it. <laughs> so Gia and I go bike riding. Right? About five miles. Two and a half miles away two and a half miles back. Right? And I'm not really thinking so I find the biggest hill i could find
1: yeah yeah there were several big hills
0: right but this one was the biggest so because gear talks so much shit, and we're very competitive with everything if you don't know we're competitive in monopoly racing thumb wrestling it doesn't matter we're competitive. figuring out
1: the end of a netflix series yeah we are how it's gonna end yes. it doesn't matter we compete with everything so
0: now the hill was like a what degree is this 45 degree, <laughs> what degree 90 degree it's like this, it's this 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 angle, this this degree angle.
1: You dirty mother trucker.
0: <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, hit, I, I hit the hill and I get up that hill. <laughs> but
1: he's had a lot of practice because you guys know about him and his bike riding and his skimpy little shorts and his little half shirts that are made of fishnet and his nips. <laughs> and your little twitch while you ride.
0: Somebody's checking me out. But of yes. course she would see the twitch. Because she was behind me the whole time. This is true. So now when it's time for her to go up the hill, uh, I call Logan because Logan went riding with me and he went through the same pain. So Logan meets me at the hill and we watch her (laughs) and she's struggling. Yeah. But she's three, four months pregnant, struggling to the point where she has to get off the bike and walk the bike up the hill. But the people driving by are laughing at her. It's my
1: darkest moment.
0: Yes. (laughs) at her,
1: well, I literally, I had to, I had to just freaking give up and say, "Damn, I can't do this."
0: She got to the top of the hill and threw the bike in the grass, and it was like, like F this, am I'm not doing it no more." I don't Call fail. Call me an Uber. I need to get home. <laughs> but, but
1: then the, I went and got the bike out the grass. Then she rode it back. And she, and she rode it back. But to say
0: that's how the pregnancy was. Gia didn't stop nothing. Everything was the same. So you know we're moving into a new home. Uh, we'll tell you about that on another podcast while we're not there yet, but we moved a lot of, we had to move the clothes into the attic. And the reason we had to move the clothes to the attic is because the house wasn't ready and we had to get it out of here. So the attic be like 110 degrees. Gia was up in that attic cleaning, putting things together, pregnant, like Gia really did what we did. And throughout that, I'm not going to say I didn't take it serious, but I still didn't put my heart into it. Right. Still didn't put my heart into it. Um, so now we get to seven months. Now gear's getting bigger. Eight months, gear's getting bigger. No,
1: at that point I was just big.
0: Yeah, gear was just big. (laughs) Like
1: like that belly was like...
0: So how did did this pregnancy feel for you?
1: I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know what I realized? You know, I don't use this word often when it... Well, and I've never used this word when it comes to myself, but I realized that the failed IVF... And the two miscarriages, I've had three in my life, one in between Jackson and Brooklyn, and then Brooklyn came. So technically she was a rainbow baby. And then two, trying to conceive this time around. Mm -hmm. Um, Between those two things, I didn't really realize how I was affected because IVF failed. And I said, well, you know what, everything doesn't always work out. We went in knowing that there's a percentage that lends itself to the failure rate. Correct. Right. Okay. Um, miscarriages, miscarriages happen every day, B, you know, like Mm -hmm. no one is, um, and I just took it, like took it on the chin type thing. But, when we got pregnant this time, and we made it past six weeks
0: mm-hmm.
1: seven weeks, mm-hmm. and there was still a heartbeat, we realized, okay, this is a viable pregnancy. Then, when we got to three months, the risk of miscarriage goes down significantly Correct. at that point. so at that point, I should have been skipping and kicking my heels up, like yes,
0: yeah, me we're too. good.
1: And even though I felt like we were good, I wasn't really able to bask in it. And then I figured, all right, well, as time goes on, I'll accept it more. I'll believe in it more and I'll feel more solid. And it didn't happen. And I realized that I was traumatized by all of the failures. And when I say failures, I don't mean my failures, but just the attempts that failed. And I knew that it wasn't going to be real for me until I saw her face. I literally had to talk to myself and convince myself that there was a real baby in my belly. It was like the first pregnancy even though it was the sixth so it was uncanny it was like unlike all of the other ones and what i realized is that because all of the other ones i got pregnant so easily so quickly like literally i'd be ovulating and i would say to roshana all right we're going to get pregnant today and then next cycle i miss my period i'm pregnant like we were able to call it there was nothing to it so Almost by nature, you take that for granted and you expect everything to be like that every attempt and then when it wasn't that was kind of like, kind of like a humbling experience where it kind of brings you back down to earth and you're able to say, okay well everything doesn't you're not just granted the ease to which you conceive yeah. you know what I mean um, so For this, I just I realized that I have to see her face. Like I have to hold this baby and I had to talk myself through it. Like, Gia, there is a baby in there. I would look at my stomach, I would rub my stomach, and then when I got, you know, further along the pregnancy and she would move and you would see the elbow traveling or you see the foot traveling, you know, through your skin, and that made it a little bit more real. But I think I kind of um, subconsciously was waiting for the other shoe to drop.
0: Yeah, you know, me too. And you made it worse for me. What do you mean? Um, I'm the type <laughs> of person like, it's going to sound crazy and a lot left. Like if I see a lot of uh, cancer billboards, cancer, cancer, cancer on a bus, cancer here, cancer, 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 pre screen for cancer, I think I have cancer. That's That is me.
1: He's not lying. Am I lying? You're not
0: lying. I swear that that's me. I'll be like Ben's. Call call a doctor. Let me see if I have cancer. You're that, like
1: borderline hypochondriac. Yeah,
0: that that's me. Like
1: not it, quite there, like borderline.
0: If, but if I see COVID, 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 I sneeze. I have COVID. That's that's. I, oh yeah, he thought he had COVID like 28 times during this pandemic. Absolutely, that's just who I am. Right. So you know, Gia will come home, and I tell you, I like to keep negative things away from me. Gia's not that. Gia be like, babe. Did you hear about so-and-so who delivered a baby and the baby died on delivery?
1: Well, I didn't say it like that, but, but you get,
0: you get but his just She'll tell me that story. And then she'll tell me, babe, did you hear about the story about, you know, the man? And the doctor was like, do you want to save the wife or the kid? I don't want to hear these fucking stories. I'm like, is this a sign? Is God telling me that this baby's not going to make it? <laughs> oh, you didn't tell me that. That you're right? looking
1: at it like This It's signs. negative.
0: Or... You know, we go to the we go to the doctor's office. and They'd be like, "Oh, I, we have to measure to see if there's enough fluid in there." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, the baby's about to die." Remember that time? Yeah. Or they'd be like, "You know what? Uh, we don't know if there's an irregular heartbeat." Then the baby's born, heartbeat sounds good. Like, don't fuck with me like this, doctor. Like, like I'm I'm already like real funny. So you know, for me, it's like I want to put my heart into it, but I just wasn't. I didn't want my heart broken.
1: That's how I felt.
0: But I didn't want my heart broken. Like I didn't want to be like. Connected and then something happens and then I'm destroyed. Right. And then I'm fucked. Right. And then I can't breathe. And now I'm pissed off and I don't know who to take the energy out on, you know? Right. So that that's where I was with this pregnancy. And it and it bothered me, you know? It really, really this bothered me. This is the
1: me. first time you didn't, you didn't really I
0: don't like I don't I didn't want to talk negative to my baby. You know, it's this could happen this way, but that's how I felt. That's what my feeling. So for myself, when it comes to those feelings, what do I do?
1: What did you do? I worked hmm.
0: I put work out there, so I try to get rid of the negativity and work on things positive and and that's what I did so this this baby was like it was like one of the feelings that i I haven't felt before because yeah. i i I was so scared, you yes,
1: know? I mean, like I said, it was really like a first pregnancy for me, like I was zeroing in on everything and paying attention to everything. And obviously we wanted all of our children, but we tried the hardest for this one. So the significance behind this one and just the heart that went into this pregnancy was unlike all of the other ones. You know, they say that when things come easy to you, like you take them for granted. Correct. But when you have to work hard for something, you kind of value it more. And it's not that I value this child more, but I value the experience more. And it taught me a lot. And finally, like when she came out and I looked at her, I was like, oh, you do exist. They do exist. What was that? The the Christmas commercials, the M&M's? Or is it Coca-Cola? They do exist. You know what I'm talking. about? I don't
0: like years. Any stupid commercials. Next you what know I'm like, talking about? It was a muffin in the oven. Camera it was. guy, do you know? I don't think so. We have a new camera guy. I his name is. M&Ms. His name is Eric. By the way, Eric is our new camera guy. So he's shooting our podcast. Did you just say the cameraman?
1: I thought his name was Ryan. For a second, <laughs> <laughs> I just met him an hour ago.
0: <laughs> his name is Eric. Sorry, Eric. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Eric.
1: I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um. No, I don't know that Eminem commercial. Yes,
1: you do. It's the Christmas Eminem commercial where they're like, oh, where Santa.
0: No, oh, yes. No, I don't oh, know. Oh,
1: damn. <laughs> 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 where the Eminem looks at Santa and the Eminem is like, he does exist or you do exist. And then Santa looks at the Eminem like, they do exist. They, neither of them believed in each other. Y'all know the commercial that I'm talking Maybe about. Maybe
0: Eric can find a commercial and put it in here because I have that? no idea what she's talking about right now. They
1: do exist. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Vez, did you find
0: it? Yeah, we can put it in there. Okay,
1: we'll put it in so there. So Is that legal? Go- can we do that?
0: Yeah, I don't think that. It's a commercial. I don't think they have a problem. Ow! So you think Santa will like these red and green m and I
1: don't know. I never met the guy.
0: <laughs> he does exist! They do exist. Oh. Uh. uh, Santa?
1: Okay. So, the way, so anyway, know. I looked at her. You found it. Yeah. See, I'm not making things. I'm not making things up. So anyway, I looked at her and I'm just like, "Wow, like you are real, and you made it. Like you made it. You are like you are a treasure. Like you defied all of the odds. We went through everything for you, and now you are here. And I could feel you, and I could smush you, and I could kiss you, and you." do
0: exist (laughs) you know (laughs) like little Roshana, because she looks just like daddy she
1: looks just like him (laughs) 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 just kidding
0: but we are so um overjoyed And, and you know what i'll be honest with you it's it's still halfway real for me explain because her doctor's appointment is this week, and then after it's her doctor, yeah. And so after her doctor's appointment,
1: so we're recording this. She's actually exactly when seven week days, old yeah. Mm-hmm. Today, yeah. she's seven days old, um, and her doctor's appointment is tomorrow. So
0: after her doctor's appointment tomorrow, and the doctor checks everything out, and checks the heart, and checks the body check. and she's the elbows, perfect. make sure she has five fingers, I mean ten fingers and ten toes. Then I'll be okay because I'm. Perfect. I still feel just in case. That's just who I am. But so now. Leading up to it, gear wants, and this, these are the things that scare me, right? And this is going to sound a little disgusting, but I, yeah, I'll keep it real with you. So gear goes to the bathroom and when she wipes the spot. What? Yeah, well, one time, remember you wiped it? It was, it was like a little spot. When I was pregnant? Or? Yeah, when you was pregnant.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So all of a sudden, when I think spot, if you don't know what spot is, a guy listening, what the fuck is spot? It's like a little bit of blood. So when I see spot, I'm like, uh-oh, baby's gone. That's what I thought.
1: Like that's really zero
0: to one hundred. Um I and do I move any other way?
1: Okay, this is true. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So ahead. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's what it was. And there was something else. Oh. So one time Gia threw up. And she threw up so much that she had a little what's it called? I don't know what you're talking about. Remember when you threw up on the side of the road, you threw up in, it was a little wet?
1: Oh, that was like three weeks ago.
0: Right. But if,
1: oh, okay, okay. But
0: I thought that I thought the throw up was something else that wasn't supposed to be. So let me break down so, why she okay, threw up. Okay,
1: basic. Okay, let me ahead.
0: break down why she threw up. Okay. So now you know Gia does these photo shoots, these pregnancy photo shoots, right? And during these pregnancy photo shoots, Gia is hanging from what is it called? I was going to call it a scarf. What is it called? What's it
1: called?
0: Um, like a harness. It's like a harness of some it's cloth. Like a,
1: like a transparent harness.
0: Right. We'll show the picture right here. Boom. So now that's the picture. So now to do that, Gia has to hang upside down. Now I remind you, Gia really doesn't have a core because the core is the baby. Right. So it's very difficult. So every time Gia does it, she'll do it for like 30 seconds and then she got to get back up and she feels like she's going to throw up. Right. right. So we yeah, get through the if shoot. You
1: see in the picture, I am laying on my back and my head is all the way back and my hair is kind of draping and I have to assume this pose and there's no support for the pose. I have to do that pose and ma- maintain that pose for several seconds. But, you know, in my mind's eye, I want the picture to look a certain way, so for me it's at all costs. I have to nail the pose.
0: Right. So. And she's like she's hard on herself. You think she's hard on our kids when it comes to pictures? She's hard on herself. Let's do it again. She's about to throw up. She got to sip water. She got to take a little sugar candy. She's about to throw up. So we finally do it. Right. Finally do it. And if you see the picture, she's pretty much naked. She's just in a bra and a thong. Right. So then we leave. And when we leave, Gayle looks like a. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Let's just say crazy. She has on pajama bottoms, the fuzzy pajama bottoms. Oh yeah. She has on slippers, flip flops, right? No slippers. Slippers.
1: Like UGG slippers with the ru- with the rubber bottom. With the rubber
0: bottom. that
1: kind of indoor outdoor?
0: She have a wife beater on with a Montclair. <laughs> yes. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. And then and you I have something seen. on your hair too.
1: No, I didn't have
0: anything on no. my hair. The hair was out. Hair was out. Yeah. So she looks crazy. So we okay. go. So we leave it. We leave the photo shoot. I make a right. And Gabe was like, "Pull over! I gotta throw up." So now I we- held
1: it in at Linda's, though. So yeah. Linda's, Linda's our photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what? let's put her information um, at the bottom of the screen. She's my photographer. She's been my photographer for years and years and years. She takes all of my pregnancy photos, all of my baby photos. I adore Family photos. Her. Everything. Yep. She's only. She
0: shot the 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 cover of our book too.
1: Yes. She yes. shot the cover of our book. I absolutely adore her. So if you guys like. Any of my pictures, any of the professional ones, hit her up and she is so patient.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, so she's very patient.
1: You have to be patient dealing with me. Absolutely. Because I want everything perfect. And even after she's like, all right, we got the shot. I'm like, take 10 more to make sure that, is that we got the shot. Absolutely. And even that those 10 more might have been the reason why I had to throw up on the way home. So, so now so,
0: we're pretty much on the side of a highway. We pull off the side of a highway uh, gear yeah, is sitting, was well, standing up in the grass, throwing up. Montclair, wife beater, fuzzy pajamas and slippers. Yeah, people looking by. It look, I, I don't. It know looks It looks so like a crazy. scene out of a movie. I'm patting her back. It just looked crazy. <laughs> I got on pajama pants and a t-shirt that's too small because I just ran over there to take these photos. It looks so crazy. She's I so sure. close
1: to our house, and I'm so close with her. Like. I can go to her studio in pajamas right. because I just wanted to be comfortable, and I was getting naked for the picture anyway. So some of the pictures we took, like with the bra and the thong, some we took completely naked. I think the one that we chose might have been completely naked. I don't really recall. But anyway, go
0: ahead. So when she threw up on the side of rope, a row, she This was a it was a violent throw up. It was pretty violent. Yeah, this one was a violent. It wasn't just like uh, it was like. Uh,
1: so uh, basically, he's telling you the story because what happened was. The force made it come out one end and then forcefully push something out, not another end, but another body part. Right. The body part that the baby comes out of. Right, right,
0: right. So because so, of that, I thought I
1: was like, ooh, I'm kinda like wet right now. That's kind of strange. I've never had that experience before. So what, you thought that like the world was coming to an end when that happened? I didn't know what Is that happened. what you're trying to
0: say? Yes, I was scared. I was nervous.
1: You didn't show it.
0: I, I mean I'm not supposed to. I keep my cool. But deep down, I was scared. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: You thought that my water had broken
0: at seven I months? I don't know what happened. I don't know. Oh, that no.
1: That, no, no. I was nine I was nine months. Oh, that was only like three weeks?
0: Yeah, four weeks ago. Three, four weeks ago.
1: It might have been three weeks ago yeah. that we yeah. took it. Yeah. But right. I was
0: nervous. I didn't know what was going to happen. So I get nervous when things like that happen. And I didn't know. I was like, is something going to be all right with the baby? Did the baby lose the fluid? I I honestly did not know. Oh,
1: you thought that was amniotic
0: fluid? <laughs> I had no idea.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: Because you told me about another time about... Somebody that was giving birth and then the umbilical cord was off the baby. And then the baby, when, they, when the baby came out, it didn't have the umbilical cord connected and the baby died or something like that?
1: That's not exactly what I told you. But
0: around that way. But that made me nervous as not well. Not quite that, but... Something like that. So, Gia tells me stories and it really fucks with me. But now, so now we're at nine months pregnant. So, every week, we're like, it could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Now, I'm not going to lie. I'm booked and busy. Shout to Ben, shout to June. I am booked and busy.
1: Because once you are 36 weeks, you are technically full term. Correct. You can go at any point between 36 weeks and 40 weeks.
0: So now every weekend we're like, where, where am I this weekend? Oh, okay. I'm in Atlanta. Oh, I'm in Florida. Oh, I'm in New Orleans. How long is that flight? So we're basically looking at if I can make it back, what time? Because usually when Gia has contractions, he has contractions for a little bit of time, for four or five hours. And we'd like, that can get me back to the point. Shout to Revolt, shout to Diddy. I had to do something for Revolt. And they needed me in Atlanta. And I was like, well, I can do it, but my wife's pregnant, so can I use your jet? And Diddy was like, yeah. So we've used Diddy's jet. But anyway, to say, that's how it is. And I would, one, I would say one thing about Gia. Gia is like me when it comes to that check. Gia is like, look. Look, where you going to be this weekend? Oh, how much they pay? You got to go get that money, baby. <laughs> you got to get that. If I feel anything, I will call you. And then you just hop, hop right back. And this went on for about two, three weeks. Three weeks. Two, three weeks.
1: Yeah. Where you got to go?
0: How much they pay? Nah, nah, nah. You got to go get that money, baby. <laughs> how much they pay? Yeah, baby. You got to take that drive. Nah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. So, I had a party in Rhode Island. This was a Friday I drive out to Rhode Island. Rhode Island's a three hour drive, so I drive out to Rhode Island, DJ, and then drive back. When I get into bed, Gia says nothing. She looks at me. She's I think she's sleeping, she's not. She was like, Hey babe, I think it's time. I'm like, time for what? She's like
1: time. Time for some action. Time for some action.
0: (laughs) She thinks she's red man over here. I don't
1: know what's wrong with me today. <laughs> something clearly wrong with me this today. This is her first drink in nine months. This in is my first months. drink in nine months nine and mo- one week. Nine months and one week.
0: <laughs> so, so I'm like, what you mean? She was like, I'm starting to feel like something, their that, that minor contraction. So we was like, all right. Now the doctor told us, since this is baby number six, there's been a lot of stories that women don't have long contractions. Once they start contracting, baby comes very, very fast. They told us a story about a lady that was in a... a Uber, right? No, or in a car, or the hospital. Just make
1: up these stories in your head. What did they tell you? <laughs> no, she was uh, thirty-eight weeks, mm-hmm. and she started having contractions. It was her fourth child. Uh, she only contracted for like an hour while uh, before she went to the hospital, or before she headed to the hospital, and in the car. The baby was like, yeah, I'm not waiting for the hospital. See, I said
0: Uber. I didn't know it was they an Uber to or car. They had over,
1: and she had the baby on the side of the road. Yeah.
0: So the doctor told us that. So we're like, as soon as we start getting these contractions, we out. Yes. So as soon as Gia started getting these contractions, Gia went and started to get ready. Now, mind you, I, I didn't even tell Gia this, but she pissed me off a little bit. I'm going to tell you why. So you know when you take, if you ever had a, a wife that was pregnant or ladies you ever been pregnant, you take a carry bag with you just in case. Gig takes two pieces of luggage and two carry bags am i lying i'm lying she tells me she got a, a luggage for the baby and luggage for herself what? <laughs> where the fuck she going she's going to dubai <laughs> italy she's going to hackensack and coming right back all right cool beans so now it's four pieces of luggage right boom so now gear got to get ready because you know gear's not going to the hospital like hospital and Gia has to poop before she goes because she's not pooping on the table. So I am not pooping on anyone's delivery table. So You didn't poop, but we'll, we'll tell you about that story later too. Oh!
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't poop.
0: <laughs> so Gia has to get ready. So now, this is I get back at about three thirty, four 4 a.m. So now Gia has to get ready. She gets ready. We leave about 7 a.m., 7.30. We get to the hospital around 8, 8.30. hmm I think it was a little later than that. Maybe it was no later, maybe like nine o'clock, we get to the hospital, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. We get to the hospital at 10 o'clock, they bring us upstairs and this, that, and the other.
1: But now, mind you, I didn't even really want to go to the hospital because the contractions were laughable. Like, they were so weak. But, they were so weak, but we were advised as soon as you start getting contractions, if you get like three or four within one hour, come to the hospital. But I was like, you know what? It woke me up out of my sleep. But I was able to sleep through them. Do you know what I mean? But then I recalled with Logan, who's our second, who's going to be 18 this month. It was the same thing. I was out shopping with my mother and it was three days after Christmas. I'm returning Christmas gifts. We're at Garden State Plaza in New Jersey. And I started feeling like this little uncomfortability, like maybe every seven minutes. And I'm like, I say to my mom... Now I'm feeling a little something. It's very bearable. I wonder if it's a contraction. And she's like, All right, let's see. Let's wait like 20 minutes and see how many more you have and their duration and whatnot. And then it started coming regularly, but it was like easy breezy. So she's like, Call your doctor. I called my doctor. My doctor said, Yeah, that's a contraction. Leave the mall, go home, get your stuff, meet me at the hospital. I was like, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, continues to shop. I was
1: like- She I comes have, home. I have like six more returns.
0: She does her hair. So she gets ready.
1: I return everything. I go home. I take a shower. I get ready. I do my hair. I do my makeup. I gather my things. I get to the hospital. By the time I get to the hospital, I'm six centimeters dilated. So for guys or for women who haven't had a child yet, at 10 centimeters- you're ready to push. But well, actually even at like 9 and change you're ready to push. Mm-hmm. So I get there and my doctor tells me like you're not going to be able to have an epidural. There's no time. You're dilating. You're continuing to dilate. And I'm like don't play with me. I'm not having this baby without an epidural. And I don't want to be a difficult patient, but I will make this hell for you if you do not get that anesthesiologist into this room and stick that needle in my back. She did. And Logan was born in one
0: push. One push. One push. But like this, when they opened her legs and put her thing on the thing, you could see Logan's hair coming out. (laughs) That's how close the baby was.
1: Well, do you remember? The doctor said, um, and this was Dr. Keen Chung at the time, because at that time it wasn't Dr. Collado. So it was my doctor, her name was Keen Chung. She sat there and she was like, she's not even scrubbed in. She's like, all right, just give me like a little test push. Let's see where you're at. My legs are in the stirrups. I give a little test push. Logan damn near flew out. Rashawn and the doctor were like, no, no, stop, stop. And I'm like,
0: No, no, you understand. Like, the baby was about to fly out. There was no scrubs on. We just looking like, I give us a little push, see what we see. Yeah. We see, like, his whole head was like this. We're like, yo, chill out. Logan's like this. Hello. So then we run and put the they run and put the scrubs on, and, and he was more
1: than one push. One push. So I'm having flashbacks of that. Like, oh, these little minor baby contractions mm-hmm. could actually mean something. So we head to the hospital.
0: Go ahead. So we head to the hospital. We get to the hospital. They check gear and they say, you know what? You have a now. First of all, <laughs> before we go to the hospital, I had a show in North Carolina that night. Gears like, look, you know how these contraction things be. Babe, go get the bread. <laughs> I see you in the morning. We got his baby in the morning. I'm like, the fuck. Like, how's she gonna tell a baby when to come? I'm like, nah, I'm gonna cancel. She's like, nah, 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 go get the bread. <laughs> we had a baby in the morning. I'm like, nah. So I canceled the party. I'm like, nah, we jet to the hospital. We get there. They're like, well, you have a couple of hours. So
1: we like. The doctor says, so you can stay here and labor until you're ready to push, or you can go home and labor on your own and then come back. Mind you, Logan, he plays football, you guys know. It is his one very serious sport. We expect him to go to college on a football scholarship. It's very serious for him. And when I got pregnant and I told him my due date, he was like, mom, I'm gonna tell you one thing. You just better not mess around and go into labor on the day of my Super Bowl. Because you know my team is going to the Super Bowl. Like we are, it's going to be us and another team in the championships. And you're talking about November 26th. And my Super Bowl is that weekend. You better not go into labor on my Super Bowl. What happens?
0: Super Bowl was that day. <laughs> so now we're at the hospital 10 o'clock, 1030. And it was like, well, you know, you could have the baby. So I tell the doctor, I'm like, my son got the Super Bowl. MetLife Stadium was about 10 minutes away, 12 minutes away. It was like... All right. So Gia was like, all right, we'll be back. <laughs> we literally.
1: <laughs> I was like, I am not missing my son's Super Bowl. If there's any chance that I'm able to be there. So. Do
0: the stuff back in the car. Put went, my
1: clothes back on.
0: Went to the stadium. We watched the game. have having contractions at the game. Yeah. At the game. I was we're watching the game. She's having contractions.
1: Yeah, I was laboring there. Mm-hmm. Um, Logan was so thrilled. That we were able to be there. You should have seen the look in his face when I told him, I was like, listen, I'm putting off having a baby to be here to support you Mm -hmm. and to watch you. And again, it's a huge thing. Like it's that you know, like where the giants play, like yep. it's at MetLife stadium Rashawn got a box. So it was freezing that day. So our whole family is there and, you know, we're all cheering and rooting for him. It's not something that I wanted to miss, you know? So I'm there and I'm laboring there the contractions are getting stronger and whatnot, obviously, but they won, they kicked ass. And then as soon as we left, we went right back to the hospital, <laughs> right.
0: We went right back to the
1: hospital, we went right back. And we left the stadium. We told my in-laws and everybody else like, all right, get the kids back. We're headed to the hospital. So
0: you went with the two pieces of luggage, the two carry ons. And, uh, that was it back in two blankets, two blankets. Can I
1: explain that? Okay. Listen, ladies, if you're pregnant or plan to be pregnant, when you're at the hospital, you want to be comfortable. Like you want your own creature comforts. Like, that scratchy, subpar cotton delivery gown that they turn backwards on you is not comfortable. Hold on.
0: She's in contractions. She's like, babe, stop by the store. I'm like, stop by the store? Yeah, I'm going to buy my own gown. And um, we're going to get a scissor. And I'm going to cut the back off because I want the soft material. I don't want that scratchy gown that they use. This is very true. So she went contractions, bought a gown, and then had us cut the back of it so it was the wide reason The reason
1: why I didn't have the, ca- the gown already pre-packed from a month prior when I packed my bags was I didn't know if it was allowed. I thought maybe for sanitary reasons that gown had to be given to you by the hospital. But when we went in before Logan's game, I asked them, I said, you know, I really have this idea that I want my own gown and I will cut it up the back because your back needs to be exposed for the epidural. So the epidural for people that don't know Mm -hmm. is an anesthesia that they administer by basically they numb the skin with a needle or at least one needle. I don't know if there's more. And then they put a tube into your back that feeds anesthesia into your back. You feel like a cold rush of a liquid fill your back and then within 30 minutes, you're numb from here, sometimes all the way to your toes. This time I had motion of my feet, but there's times where my feet were, and my legs were completely dead. You, you could come in and use a chainsaw and chop off my whole leg. And I wouldn't feel a thing this way. When you labor and you deliver, you feel nothing. You feel pressure, but you feel no pain. Correct. So when they do that, they have to tape the tube. They have to tape Whatever apparatus that they're using to administer this anesthesia into your back, your entire back is taped up. Mm -hmm. So your whole back has to be exposed, which is why they take the gown and they turn it on backwards. So I'm like, if I could just get a gown that's a nice material that I could be comfortable in, because you have no idea how long you're going to be in labor for, cut it up the back, have it exposed. There should be no reason. They said, that's fine. So when we left, before we went to MetLife Stadium... For the game, we stopped at a store and I got a pajama. That's what he's talking about. So
0: now you're explaining why you had two luggage and two bags. Yeah, because- carry and two carry bags.
1: Yes. So before, um, like when you're at the hospital, before COVID, all of my kids, I'm in the hospital for- the remainder of the day that you give birth, and then a whole other day, and then you're released the day after. So about two and a half days.
0: Two Yeah, two, three days. Two and
1: a half days. The hospital linens aren't very comfortable. That blanket feels like a towel, like a rough, scratchy towel. And I said, you know what, this time I'm going to bring my own blanket, like my own linen. So I shopped for like, you know, a twin size linen, a twin size, like fuzzy blanket. So that was part of it. I'm in the hospital and I didn't want the baby in that hospital hat and that recycled white, blue and pink striped blanket that Thirty thousand other babies have been wrapped up in before, so I wanted to bring my own blankets. But I've always done that with all of the kids. You know, my own blankets, my own hats. So as soon as she comes out, she's in her own blanket. You know, she we put a different hat. So I had that. I'm thinking I'm going to be in the hospital for two and a half days, so I have outfits for every day
0: that were in the hospital. The baby might have to go to the club, so she had a club outfit. No, but then the baby needed, you know, a, well,
1: a you, tea listen, outfit. Moms, you all know they put that shirt. On the baby, that long sleeve shirt that opens up in the front and a pamper. And then they wrap the baby in that hard, scratchy, white, blue, and pink. Makes you tough. Thingy.
0: That's what you wrapped in. That's what my ass was wrapped in. Made us tough.
1: And I'm sure it's fine. But I wanted the baby, you know, like you come out. Like now we're greeting you into the world. I want you in like something nice and soft cotton. There's um a material now that's made out of bamboo that's so soft and stretchy. Like it's wonderful. If you guys can find a brand that makes clothes out of that. It's just very, when, when I was shopping, I'm like, oh my gosh, the baby to feel this against her skin would be so nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I bought a bunch of outfits and a bunch of blankets and things like that for the hospital. For me, my pajamas for every day that I'm there, robes, my own towels, my own washcloths mm-hmm. because they're scratchy and hard. Right. So basically in my luggage and bags and whatever you're compl- I had snacks I have my own snacks that I enjoy. Things of that nature. And yeah, that's how much space it took up. But you want to bring your own creature comforts. Now with COVID, you're only in the hospital for the day that-
0: She had the baby Sunday morning at 2.58 AM. Monday, they released her. I was like, wow, I need to pack all this stuff after. <laughs> 24 <laughs> I hours had no and they sent idea. her ass home. So no mind idea. you, I had to make four trips upstairs and then four trips back downstairs before we brought her up and down.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I was prepared just in case I had been there the amount of time that I expected to
0: be there. Right. But yeah. So now we get to the hospital and this is where the story ends, right? This is part one of the podcast. We're going to be back with part two. We're not going to change clothes. We're going to break it down because it's so long. So again, I just want to remind you guys... uh, We'll see you on the next podcast. We'll break down the birth. We'll break down delivery. We'll break down why we chose the names that we chose with. We'll break down bringing the baby home and all of that. So we'll see you on the next podcast. Uh, again, make sure you pre-order the book. Pre-order, pre-order, pre-order and take a picture, please, because we would love to uh, repost you guys and just say thank you, all right? You can go to Barnes and Nobles. You can go to Amazon. You can go to Abrams. The name of the book again is...
1: Real life, real love. Life lessons in joy, pain, and the magic that holds us together.
0: That's right. And also, next week, well, this week coming up, my car show in Miami. If you're around Miami, come on out and uh, meet us. That's right. We're going to be in Miami for my car show, the Drive Your Dreams car show. Celebrity cars from Khaled, 50 Cent, Yo Gotti, Nikki Jam, Tory Lanez, Trina, Flo Rider, uh, Dwayne Wade, Anuel, and just to name a few. So, Please come on out! Amusement rides for the kids, uh, carnival games. Uh, they're gonna be—we're gonna teach the kids how to double Dutch, monster trucks. We have NASCAR that's gonna be there. So get your tickets, and we'll see you guys uh, next Saturday. All right?
1: Is the link in your bio?
0: The link is in my bio. Next Sunday. I said next Saturday. Next Sunday. And yes, the link is in my bio. Yes. All right. So we'll see you guys next week. We're back. <laughs> what?
1: You want me to follow that up with something? Yeah. Some. We're back. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I'm DJ Envy.
1: And I'm Kia Casey. And
0: that was another edition of the Casey Crew.
1: Toodles.